the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, let's get back to it on a Tuesday as we've been uh, talking about SB 622. Elizabeth Sotolaro is with us, and I want to go to this, um, Elizabeth. This this passed yesterday uh, in, in the House. The bill passed by a 65-26 margin. Five, minute, yes. uh, five members voted present. And uh, the measure was the center of controversy since last Thursday, but it passed. And uh, I had on State Senator Alan Clark yesterday, and as I listened to him, I don't know, I I know that you were listening because you texted me a couple times while we were talking, and it seemed that he was saying if we didn't do something something else was going to come up. Did you kind of hear that from what he was saying? I wondered about it. He sort of, yes, he didn't say anything directly, but I, the thought that was going through my head was why? Why are the Republicans launching this endeavor that I believe most of the Republican voters are not behind? And he did make it sound as if, if I don't do something, something else would occur i don't know what that could be what do you think well i i think that uh, he was saying that uh, unrest could happen is what he was trying to say and it would be used as a methodology as a sledgehammer to cause unrest here in the state i just don't like to do laws to try to discourage people from rioting if you know what i'm saying I tell you what, that never occurred to me. But if that's what was behind it, I'll say right now, you can't appease. That does not work. It's no, not I, I don't think it can. In the country, it's not going to work here. I'm, I made the point at the end of that half hour that, uh, you know, I was, I was happy that the uh, state senator had come on because he knew even though we support uh, the majority – probably 96, 97% of the things that he does, this was one thing Absolutely. we were not behind. And I no. said at the end of that uh, that half hour, I did not agree with what he was saying, but that wasn't going to keep me, you know, going to say, well, we need somebody to primary him. That That's not no. true. No, no, no. No, that's, no, that's not true that's at all. And so uh, it just seems to me that there are certain things – that if they come up, instead of saying we're going to stand on principle, they go, you know what, 
we don't want to give the other side a chance to, you know, to primary us and and let the people to the left get rid of us. And we've got to continue getting the votes of those other people. So we'll give them this one. It's that half, is it, it's that half loaf is it thing. Being pragmatic. Yeah. Or is it being pragmatic? I I disagree with that premise. I hope that's not what they're doing. I hope that there's some other excuse or reason, and I mean that. I don't know why. I'm really irritated that they came forward with this from the Republican side. We know that there are laws in place to protect things that happen to people. We don't need an extra layer of laws that make certain crimes extra special. I don't I don't agree with that. That does not mean equality under the law. I don't see how it can qualify for that. It really is something I'm very much against as a conservative. Well, um, here, here's, I, I you didn't know, he's, have a chance to talk to anybody yesterday. I don't know why any of our Faulkner County folks voted the way they did. A couple of them did vote no, and a couple, two or three, including the Democrat, and a couple, two or three of the Republicans voted yes. Well, I'm so Mr. Meeks, for example, voted yeah, yes Stephen along with our Meeks Democrat voted, yeah. fellow, Mr. McGee. Yep, I I went I down and understand. looked. I took a look to see how everybody voted and. You know, I there's a lot of people that are there, and they think, you know, when somebody's throwing a full loaf of bread out on the table that, well, we'll just throw a half a loaf of bread out, and maybe that will appease people. And in this case, maybe a third of a loaf. Here's what I would have liked to have seen. One, Even a full loaf will not appease. Is my position. It, it, uh-uh. It's well, not working. I, I, I agree with you on that. And here's what I, mean, I think. Everything that the Republicans could give up would not be enough. Don't you think that what they should have done, if they're really interested in that all people uh, are treated the same if they commit a crime, that instead of saying, well, you know, if you commit the crime and we don't think you hated the person, we'll only make you hold 16% of the, uh, the sentence uh, when you're in prison. But if you hated the person or uh, you really didn't like him, we can give you 80% of your sentence. How about if we just give everybody that commit that crime 80%? Well, or enforce the laws that are on the books now. That's a whole other rabbit hole we could go down. I, I did listen closely. You guys did a really wonderful job. Let's use this as a quick teaching opportunity. When you're unhappy as a voter with the way the votes have gone, the first thing you need to do, which is what you did, talk to the lawmaker, find out, ask them respectfully, as you all did yesterday, and especially with someone as well regarded as Alan Clark on the conservative side, ask them and have a conversation, try to understand. I did try to understand. I heard what he said. I understand from the point of view that I see I see the the avenue of logic that he was using. I don't agree with that avenue of logic. I don't see how it works, but I understand what path he went down to get where he was at. And that always helps. Uh, We don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We don't need to throw somebody (laughs) under the bus. We can be really unhappy and have a lot of heartburn. Um, But if we've got that type of a volatile situation in Arkansas or in Little Rock, there needs to be other measures taken. This is not appeasement will not do the trick. I'm just stunned as we listen to the state senator tell us that 
people who go to prison that uh, are going there for assault and battery and whatever on the norm only serve 16% of their sentence. That blows my mind. That blows my mind. You know, what a big surprise that people, you know, reoffend. Well, of course, and it's a function of so many other factors, not to go down other avenues too much, but, you know, we're overcrowded. We don't have enough money. Now we have all this horrendous anti-police, anti-incarceration attitude going on. The whole thing is becoming very, it's almost cumbersome in in a certain specific way. Uh, and the offenders know how to work the system better than, in many cases, the people in the system. And the reason I know this is I have a close family member that's been involved in those situations. And uh, my husband now works in the court system, and we see these types of things regularly. And I don't know. It, it you know, stems from disrespect for law and order, Dave. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to do. The wheels are coming off the wagon. Um, I think I'd, I'd like to know a lot more from most of my lawmakers in Faulkner County. I want to hear from them. I want them to tell me what they're what they were being told, what was being talked about in the halls, why they voted the way they did. Um, by the way, I've also seen several opinions on social media that seem to indicate that some people feel that it could be defeated in the Senate. As far as the bill itself, what's six twenty two? I don't know six twenty two. No, I don't know be. if I. I, I, I thought, don't know if I agree with that. Now that I see the House vote, I heard that yesterday, and I thought, no. Well, I no. thought six twenty two yeah. had already been passed by the uh, Senate. Oh, am I confusing bills? I could be confusing. Yeah, they bills. they I, passed I, it. I did a bunch of work yesterday on different bills. Yeah, that's that's been passed. No, you're right. This one has already passed. I apologize. I'm confusing myself. Yeah, it's on it's on its way to the governor now for his on signature. Its way to the governor. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. I don't see mm-hmm. that our governor wouldn't sign this. He'll be more than happy to sign oh, no. this. He'll be he'll be waving it in front of everybody and dancing around and having pictures made with the left to put on Facebook. All right. So yeah, <laughs> like going back to, to going back to what you said. <clears throat> Let's talk about the defund the police thing, because it's moved from defund the police to get rid of the police. Uh, we just had a, oh, yeah. a, a, a national congresswoman, Tlaib, uh out of Minnesota say that we need to get rid of the police. No more policing. No more. <laughs> well, she says they're, they're taught to be inherently racist and aggressive, basically. And that we That's need to get critical race theory yeah, being we, applied to our social constructs. Yeah, that it's we insane. need to get rid of uh, what did she say? We need to get rid of policing, incarceration, both of them, both of them. So, in other words, let's restrict uh, law-abiding Americans with their gun rights and let criminals run free. That, that is a basically that's what a, it's all about. Yeah, this is a prescription for absolute anarchy and you know and i know we both i think agree on this that uh, that's exactly what the left wants because when you have complete anarchy then the people in power can uh, you know come down don't even have to put on the uh, the velvet glove they just use the iron fist at that point Right. Or they swoop in and tell the terrified populace, we will save you from the very problem that they have 
very much created. Well, the way that they'll save us is to take away all of our rights. And that's, that's that, what they say. That's, that's what they that's want. What they say. That's where they want to take us. All right, look, because we all know now that no constitutional right is uh, is absolute <laughs> according to the Democrats. It's not a, that's, well, yeah, our president has told us none of our rights are absolute. I guess he overrules God, the inalienable rights, somehow. And then on top of that, the illegitimate person sitting in that seat in Washington, D.C. All right. I, let's take a break real quick. Hold your thought. We'll pick it up on the other <laughs> side because there's a lot to talk about here. There's, there's a lot of ground that we got to get out and and turn over as we talk about this. Uh, don't forget about PI Roofing. They want you to call them. They want to go out uh, to your house if um, your, let's say your roof is 10 years old or older. You should have them out to check it, make sure that, you know, the cold winters, the hot summers haven't had their way with your roof and are making it show some signs of age and uh, that it's it's not as, as uh, ready to protect you against the elements as it should be. They'd like to come out and check it and make sure that's the case. If there are problems, they'll tell you about them. Uh, then they'll, if if you want them to, they'll get with your insurance company, have their appraiser come out, and they'll show the appraiser where the problems are and what's needed to to fix it. And then they'll work out uh, stuff where you know you only pay your your deductible. You don't have to pay for the whole deal. Uh, Elizabeth knows how well PI Roofing works. She's had her roof done by them. I've had my roof done by them. I've had several of my neighbors who have had their roof done by them. If anybody asks me, I mean, off the air, they come to me, and and this comes up when you own homes. Do you know anybody that's good for fixing your roof? And I always look at them and say, yeah, PI Roofing. They're the people that take good care of you. Just call them, 707-3551. 707-3551 or visit them online at piroofing.com. I'm going to tell you what, if you have questions about plants, listen to that show. Because Janet Carson's oh, going to yeah. be on. I I, oh, yeah. I have nothing but the <laughs> utmost respect for uh, Janet Carson. I worked with her at another radio station for years and uh, I call her the uh, the princess of dirt. Uh, she <laughs> And she knows she knows what she's talking about, and uh, she can help folks out about their lawn and all the rest. They're really good, master master gardener. Yeah, she is the expert. She knows it all. Yeah, she really does. I need to get her on on a Friday, I guess, do an hour so people can call in about their their flowers and their lawns and how do you get rid of grubs and all of that. I well, usually do that once a year. I tell you what, I would love it if you did that. We have a lot of dead perennials that look pretty dead in our yard after this horrible weather in february she'd probably be very popular i bet a lot of folks would be interested to hear her advice on what to do now i know you're not a big sports fan but did you happen to watch any of the masters over the weekend i saw the headlines oh no did you watch <laughs> i watched about five minutes one day i don't i don't do golf did you see all the flowers in bloom there on the course yes, yes. and i tell you what i was in little rock uh, weekend and it the, things are blooming everywhere now if you have an opportunity to be out driving around you should take a drive and go look it's a beautiful spring this year well i tell you i've tried to grow azaleas and that's the flowers that you see on the course out there and i have yes. never been successful 
They're, really? They're, yeah, they're and, and they're not cheap to buy. I mean, if you buy something that's big enough that you're going to be able to see it that year, you're, you're going to pay in the forty to fifty dollar range anymore. And at least I, I can't drop something in the ground that I know is going to become part of the ground in a matter of months. <laughs> so you don't have a green thumb, huh? Oh no, I got a black thumb. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what I do wrong. I don't know if I overwater, if I underwater, if I need to put bone meal or what it is. I just kill plants. I try not to because I like plants and I like azaleas. <laughs> uh, I like crepe myrtles. I don't, I, and I follow what Janet says. Uh, you don't do crepe myrtle, uh, myrtle murder. Uh, where you cut them oh. way back at the beginning of the year. I don't do any of that stuff. Now, my crepe myrtle, it's probably 35 foot tall, and it, it blooms up really nice. But it it won't bloom until, the, until it gets like 95 degrees. It just waits until it's hotter and, you know, blazes before it will. All right, let me get away from that and go back to this whole thing about defunding the police. Isn't it amazing to you? that people talk about this all the time. And, I mean, even the mayor of Little Rock talks about this. And why would you defund the police when your murder rate just continues to climb? I mean, the shootings in Little Rock is ridiculous now. Uh, We're going back, I forget how many years ago, was it 15, 14, something like that. We had so many murders. We we broke the, the yearly record easily. And it looks like we're on our way to do that now. And, I mean, they're shooting people everywhere here in this city. And it seems as though, um, I want to say it was in Minneapolis, that the death rate is up 2,000%, the murder rate. Or is it New York? These, It's back where we said that things are so lawless. And people wonder on that side why we are so adamant on our side about our gun rights. Because we're going to need them for personal, literally personal protection. And they don't seem to understand that. I guess they don't want to protect themselves. I've not understood that for a long time. Well, here's what the FBI says. It says, in the major cities across the U.S., homicides increased by 30% in 2020. And murder rates have remained high in uh, the early part of this year. I mean, that people are just... Killing people left and right. It's amazing to me. Well, not not only that, but I keep seeing the news. It's very, very much hidden. You don't see much news about Portland, Oregon, but it was again on the news last night. They set fire to another to an ICE headquarters building with people inside, officers, obviously. And this has been going on since last summer on a very regular basis. Nobody's doing nobody's. They're letting people go. They're not even keeping them, much less charging them or making them go through the court process. What is happening? Well, what do we do let's about talk it? about Minneapolis real quick. And uh, the city diverted about one yeah. million dollars from the police department budget last summer, and another eight million dollars in December because that's when the defund the police thing was going hot and heavy to fund other violence prevention programs without reducing staffing. I don't buy that because they had a huge increase of people going on uh, retirement and things. Retirement as a city as a as a city grappled with the shortage of officers due to resignations, retirements, and extended leave. The council then agreed 
to spend $6.4 million in February to hire more recruits because violence was peaking. Kind of interesting. It, it, it just seems like that's the way it always works. Uh, the pendulum swings hugely oh, to the left. We see a surge in violence. We see a surge in killings. Uh, and, and we're saying, well, what's going on? And it's because you didn't strike a happy middle ground to make you got to have and i agree you got to have programs to prevent violence you got to be talking to school kids about how to you know uh deal with anger and things of that nature disagreement yeah Yeah. and and then you've got to have the other side where you've got policing as well to deter those people who think that they're going to go out and shoot somebody and and get away with it i mean if if talib has her way what keeps you from going out and shooting somebody? Because there's not going to be anybody there to stop you from shooting anybody. Well, obviously nothing. Obviously nothing. You know, again, we started talking about this many of us years ago with video games. Gosh, you can shoot somebody dead in a video game and then they pop right back to life. And we are teaching our young people that violence is the solution mm-hmm. for everything. Pull that gun out and start waving right. it around. Hold your, hold your thought. Got to get to the news. We'll be back with more right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, don't forget about David Lucas. I've been talking about David for years and years. He used to be part of my power panel back in the day, uh, but uh, he hasn't been able to do that for quite some time because now he's got such a huge clientele with David Lucas Financial that he doesn't have time to come here and just talk politics. He's got a brochure out that you need to have. You need to get your hands on this. It's called the Ultimate Retirement Planning Checklist. It's Are You Ready to Retire? And if you're one of the first 10 callers this morning at 501-222-3315, that's 501-222-3315, they'll send you one of these in the mail. It asks 30 very important questions inside this brochure. And uh, you should be able to answer them. You should have a working knowledge of the answer to all the questions that he has. If you do not, you need to get a working knowledge of them. And David Lucas Financial can help you with all of that. Uh, or you, uh, you're taking the chance that your retirement could go off the rails later on in life. And the last thing you want to do is for you to outlive your money. In other words, you be alive and your bank account say you don't have enough money to live on it. That is a bad situation to be in. Don't get there. Do the things that will keep you from being there by following these tips that he has in the Ultimate Retirement Planning Checklist. Again, 501-222-3315, first 10 callers. Get a copy sent right to your house. Uh, at no charge, or you can go to his website at davidlucasfinancial.com. Elizabeth Sotolaro is on the show with me today, and we've been talking about the defund the police, and we've been talking about the rise in murder rates and, and in violent crime. The FBI says that murder rates last year uh, were up by 30%, and we're on that time type of trajectory again now maybe even going higher 
And then if you just look at it locally, uh, take a look at Little Rock right now and the number of murders that are occurring here in the city. I mean, you can, it's all it's it's tough sometimes to look at the news uh, and uh, the lead story is somebody was killed uh, constantly banging in the rock. Yeah, it's coming back. You know, it's not good, and I don't know if it's gang related. I don't know what it's related to. All I know is that it's happening, and uh, defunding the police is not the answer to that in any way, uh, shape, or form. Let me bring that story up that we had uh, this morning, uh, Elizabeth, dealing uh, with uh, Talib. I want to bring that up to everybody so they well, can hear it. She's, she's actually discussing in a, in a small, well, the, the conversation apparently began because of the very, very sad, unfortunate situation in Minnesota over the weekend with, Don, I think it's Dante Wright. Yes. And she actually says that his killing... Uh, situation was not an accident. Uh, there is body cam video out there. Um, I just ask anyone to look at the body cam and put yourself in the shoes of the police officers and tell me what you would have done, because it's very clear from the audio that the poor, unfortunate officer made a mistake, a terrible, terrible mistake. Yeah, he a bad, bad mistake. There's no there's no doubt a about very that. serious, horrible mistake. And, you know, it happens. OK. In a, in a much different world, when we don't have all this anti-police sentiment, it would be a horrible, horrible thing for you know, his part and her part, everybody involved. The police are on edge. That's also part of the problem. There is no respect. That's part of the problem. There are, well, if you see the body cam, what you'll see, you're watching the first few moments of a traffic stop, and he has taken... He gets out of the car very calmly. He's handcuffed very calmly. No, no visible disagreement really going on. And then all of a sudden, he tries to break free. Well, he's fighting with the officer. They didn't have the and the, then, the handcuffs completely on him. Right, right. He's starting to be handcuffed, and all of a sudden, he breaks free. Well, what are they supposed to do? Stand back. So it's a very unfortunate situation, and it's. Horrendous. I actually saw some of the footage also in Minneapolis night before last. And I guess again last night, they torched and rioted and looted 20 to 25 businesses in the area. Tell me how that really helps. Well, tell me how, how that helps tell, anybody tell me on how, any level. How, how looting the liquor stores and, and looting the Dollar General store and looting the GameStop and taking all the games off the wall is in some way in reaction to somebody being shot, and I'll tell you, you're crazy if you believe that. All well, that, all they gave them was yeah. the ability to gather in a in a in a crowd, and when you get a big crowd like that, uh, all bets are off about how they're going to react. Did you see the news clip when the I don't know who it was reporter is talking with the police officer there about you know interviewing him about what happened? He says I was at the riot and I saw and the inter he interrupts and the reporter says it was not a riot. Well, yes, it was. You know, so when we have the media now also weighing in to say that policing is inherently racist and what we saw when they're rioting and looting and running up and down and tearing out the building. And the place looks literally, I mean, trashed. But that was not a riot. 
No, no. I, no. I, that was the police chief at a press conference, and more than one member of the media uh, corrected him, saying that it was not. It was not a riot. A riot. It was a protest. Uh, with How that said, uh, Talib said that the shooting of of uh, Dante Wright, quote, wasn't an accident, unquote. That is the wrong thing to say. You, well, she doesn't know. Thing. Number one, she wasn't she there. She has no clue. Due, she wasn't there. Yeah, due process hasn't been uh, uh, issued to this officer or anything. She went on to say uh, mm-hmm. police, the police system should be ended because it cannot be reformed as it is, quote, inherently and intentionally, intentionally racist. Now, wait a second. Do everybody, do, do all the police uh, dress up in, in uh, sheets and pillowcases <laughs> when they go through training in police academy? I don't think so. Do even, they have even you know, the black and Latino and brown skinned people that are all police officers? Yeah, you know that that's the other part of that rhetoric that just drives me crazy. You would think that every police officer is a white person. It's not true. And, and so, here, and here the, you go. Here's they trashed. It's here's the neighbors, other thing. Here's the other thing she said, it. though, Elizabeth. And this is the first time I've heard this from an elected official that uh, she equated policing with, uh-huh. and I quote, "government funded government? M- murder." Murder. What a word to use for law enforcement. Government funded murder. Now, of course, she's a member of Squad. She's known for her outrageous outrageous positions but the unfortunate thing is now that group seems to be the one in charge of the democrat party people who think and act under the beliefs that she has seem to be the ones in control of the democrat party well he was stopped for having uh tags that were uh expired expired and whenever you get stopped they got a computer right there in their car the police do and they can run a check on you. They get your your uh, driver's license, punch it in, and guess what? Any kind of outstanding warrant jumps up. And he Pump had an out, he had an outstanding warrant, so they were going to take him to the police station. When they were trying to handcuff him, he resisted. He got in his car. Now, yep. When you get in your car, they figure you're going to try to leave, and uh, you can watch the the tape. Uh, do me a favor, Elizabeth. Later, I'll would try you to find it? Yeah, if you can find it, put it on um, my website so everybody can look at it, and you can hear this female police officer say, Ooh. "I'm going to tase, 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 and bang," and then she uses an expletive and she says, "I shot him," and you can hear the the surprise and horror in her voice. Because she Absolutely. pulled her gun instead of the taser, which looks Absolutely. like a, which looks like a gun. I mean, you know, honestly, the way, it looks like a gun. When she says "tase, tase, tase," that is their training that they do. She thought she had her taser in her hand. Yeah, yeah, she did. That's exactly what happened. It's a tragic, tragic thing. Um, this you know, fella. Dante told his mother he was getting pulled over somehow. I guess maybe he was on the phone with her. He told his mother, she said, he told me he was getting stopped. In that state, it is illegal to have anything hanging from your uh, rearview mirror. And he says, I'm getting stopped. She says, what have you done? He says, nothing. I have an air freshener hanging from my mirror. 
Yeah. He didn't say, I have an outstanding warrant, and I believe it was for assault. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, he was a valedictorian in his high school. So I bet money, you know, his mother did not know some of the behavior that he had been engaging in. But it's just tragic on so many levels. I, I, you know, our country is letting down our young men of all colors, not just the blacks. Yeah. All colors. And I agree They're with that all as well. It. And I don't know why. Well, I do know why. We're all we're all under the gun. We are letting down our young people. But that's another conversation. The police have to do their job. There are too many people in trouble who need the protection. And that's the function of our government. We have to figure out a better way. I'm with you. All right. About 14 minutes until seven. I got to get a final break in. Then we'll come back and I want to shift gears a little bit and we'll do that. When we come back here on the Dave Ellswick show, Elizabeth Sotolaro is here on my show. We will continue our discussion, uh, but not on policing. Uh, I think that we've, we've touched base on that and uh, we'll continue with uh, another topic when we uh, come back. Don't forget about St. Clarity uh, Residential Cleaning. Uh, they'll do a good job on cleaning your home, not just cleaning it. I'm not talking about they're just going to dust and they're going to run a sweeper and they're going to run a mop over your floor. That's uh, They do a whole lot more than that. Uh, they do what's called a deep cleaning. We've had Christian, the owner of the uh, the business, on. And I hope you heard her last uh, Friday as she explained a deep cleaning is like getting into the corners where you have that buildup of dirt and things and getting that all cleaned out. She said, normally, to clean your house and get a deep clean going, and it's more than just one person that comes in, uh, it takes about three hours, maybe a little bit more the first time around uh, to get your house uh, to where it should be. Uh, you know that's going to cost you some money. Typically, it costs you three hundred dollars to have these people come in and do your home, and uh, that's if you just you know call them up and get them to come out to your house. Here at one hundred one one, the answer we're going to help you out. You got a house that's up to twenty five hundred and fifty square feet. Instead of paying three hundred dollars, we'll sell you a certificate that you use with the folks at St. Clarity, and it will only cost you $150. You'll get a 50% savings, and that's a great opportunity. Uh, A large percentage of the people who are using the certificates are then going ahead and getting with uh, the folks at St. Clarity and saying, we want you to come back out next month uh, as well or in two weeks and continue uh, cleaning our homes. We're willing to pay to have you do that because you do such a great job. So save yourself some money. Call 404-6560, 404-6560 after 9. Talk to Chuck. Chuck will sell you one of these certificates. You call St. Clarity. You get set up. They'll come out and meet with you. Go through their checklist with you. Find out what you want done, what you don't want done, and then set up a date for them to come out and do it for you. That's St. Clarity Residential Cleaning. Get your certificate half off, 404-6560. Talk to Chuck after 9 o'clock. The CDC has just announced they're pulling back on uh, the Johnson & Johnson 
uh, vaccine. That is the one-shot vaccine that Johnson & Johnson has out because of this issue with blood clots that has shown up in some people who have had their uh, uh, vaccine administered to them. So uh, something to uh, to think about if you're getting a Johnson. Well, you're not going to be able to get shot right now. They're, they're, they're suspending it right now. I sent you this story today because it it goes a long way in talking about how sick our society is, Elizabeth. Uh, a New Yorker who wants to marry their own adult daughter is suing to overturn laws barring the incestuous practice, calling it a matter of individual autonomy. The pining parent seeks to remain anonymous because their request is, quote, an action that a large segment of society views as morally, socially, and biologically repugnant. Uh, Through the uh, enduring bond of marriage, two persons, whatever relationship they might otherwise have with one another, can find a greater level of expression, intimacy, and spirituality, the parent argues, and the uh, Manhattan federal court claimed it was fire, filed on April 1st. Now, hopefully, this is not just an April Fool's joke. Legal papers give only the barest picture of the would-be newlyweds, failing to identify their gender, ages, hometowns, or the nature of their relationship. The proposed spouses are adults, the filing says. The proposed spouses are biological parent and child, and the proposed spouses are unable to procreate together. Uh, Incest is a third-degree felony under New York law, punishable by up to four years behind bars. Now, if I remember correctly, Elizabeth, uh, see if you remember this. It was maybe four or five years ago. There was a couple, a father and daughter, who moved from a southern state to New Jersey because legally they could marry. It was not considered incestuous. Do you remember that? I don't know. Are you there, Elizabeth? Sorry, still on mute. Okay. I I do not remember that story. Um, I saw this headline yesterday, and I didn't even read the article. It was like, my hands felt dirty. I had to go wash my hands. It was nasty. Yeah. It was horrible. But that, that, but that that's what they're asking. So now it's going to be up to the court to say, yeah, you 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 know that law is not uh, you know legally binding on you or whatever. So we'll I'll try to keep are, an eye on it. Are our laws based on Judeo-Christian values? Or are we going to become a pagan society? Well, we're there's there's I mean, people, there there's people really who simple. want us to become a pagan society. I mean, next Absolutely. hour, I've got the Bible guys on, and uh, we can talk about that. But there's no doubt in my mind, we've moved a long way towards what they call secularism now and away from uh, the spiritual side of of our laws and things of that nature. The other we will story. The day, if we haven't already, yeah. it is not a good move. I can't imagine in my wildest dreams why someone would even think that way 
much less try to go public with it and discuss it legally and want the laws changed. I, I just <laughs> it's it's beyond comprehension. Does not compute, you know. All right, so even. let's uh, let's touch on one other story. We got about three <laughs> minutes left here. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley said uh, yesterday that she will not run for the presidency in 2024 if former President Donald Trump mounts another campaign for the White House. So he's still the 800-pound gorilla out there. Haley served in the Trump administration as U.S. ambassador to the United Nations from 2017 to 18. She's considered a potential contender for the GOP's presidential nomination in 2024. When asked if she would support Trump if he runs again, Haley responded, yes. All right, so. Really? Yeah, she hmm. she said she'd get behind him and uh, she would not uh, run. Uh, she said here in the next year, uh, she'll have to sit down with the former president and talk to him about his future plans to decide what her future plans uh, are going I to be. I remember she wasn't his biggest fan not that long ago. Am well, I misremembering again? No, you're not. And because uh, she came out and talked about uh, uh, the president, uh, she said she last <laughs> spoke to Trump after the presidential election, but before the January 6th riot at the Capitol, she said that she had a great working relationship with him. She was a staunch advocate for the Trump administration's policies. Uh, when the former governor resigned in 18, Trump called her a fantastic person who did an incredible job, but Haley was one of several uh, Republicans who publicly criticized Trump following the January 6th riot when his supporters stormed the Capitol. She told Politico that she believed Trump was not going to run for federal office again. I think he's going to find himself further and further isolated. I think his business is suffering at this point. I think he's lost any sort of political viability he was going to have. I think he's lost his social media, which meant the world to him. I mean, I think he's lost the things that really could have kept him moving. So that's what she said, and we're out of time. That's what that music means, and I appreciate you, Elizabeth, joining us in the first hour, especially talking about policing now and in the future here in our local communities and in America. The Bible Guys are next. Have a great day today, Elizabeth. I'll talk to you later, and we'll have more for you on the Dave Ellswick Show as the Bible Guys come in into the studio in the next hour.
good song. Gotta listen to the words, though. Listen to the words. Stop dancing. Oh, listen to the words. Pastor. Sorry. (laughs) Just. Scott Stewart is back in the house uh, from over at Agape Church. Billy is here. Good morning, Dave. A uh, pastor and works over at Agape. And have you heard anything from the prison system yet? Uh, we have a we have a meeting this um, Saturday. Saturday morning, and I'm hoping that that is uh, in reference to reopening the prisons. Fantastic so, for you guys fingers to go crossed. And preach, yeah. preach gospel. Fantastic. And uh, Steve is back here. He was with me last week. It was just me and Steve. And sorry about that. I have Dave. to say it was a hey, it was a good show. <laughs> was it? Yeah, it went it went well. It went well. How it went was really that? Really well. And he right. even. He even controlled himself. That was really good. It was wow. excellent. All right, so here uh, is the uh, first question. Let me get back to it again. I got all kinds of stuff blowing up on my phone right now. Uh, boom, there it is. I was wondering what Steve and Billy think about tithing. I already know what Pastor Scott thinks, but what about those other guys? <laughs> There are many within the Messianic movement that don't believe that tithing is needed because of the absence of the temple. So do they agree with the movement in general or with Pastor Scott? (laughs) So with that, as he tries to sow division amongst you all, uh, (laughs) let me ask. Let's start with you, Billy. What do you have to say? I think on this one you will find absolutely no division. Um, (laughs) If anything, uh, so uh, yes, um, tithing was supposed to be taken to the temple, but uh, there's a purpose behind tithing, um, and Scripture is clear that that tithing was designed to support uh, the priests, and that need has not changed at all. Um, so yes, absolutely. Matter of fact, uh, I'm probably overly aggressive about tithing. Uh, I know a lot of, of people will talk about, even those who will say, yes, we should be tithing. We'll talk about tithing on your increase and therefore that's your net income. And I don't buy that either. Uh, my wife and I have always tithed on our gross income. And by the way, that's a minimum. Um, if we actually go back and look at the various gifts uh, instead of 10%, you will find that it's probably closer to 25 or 30% yep. um, that you were required from year to year uh, to, to bring to the temple, to bring to God. Um, so, yes, not only do I believe in tithing, I believe in uh, aggressive offering. Yeah. So, As a matter of fact, even within, uh, I, I, I believe it's within modern Judaism. It may have been, uh, I believe so. Uh, but if you gave any, if you give any less than thirty percent of your income, you're considered stingy. If you give anything less than that, really, yeah. So that's what it basically works out when you look at the tithe of the grain or the tithe tithe of the fruit or the Passover offering, the yep. Pentecost. Shabbat, All of that yeah, works out to be around twenty to thirty percent. So yeah, tithing is more than just the ten percent. It's the ten percent of each one of those things. And again, that doesn't include all of the just giving out of generosity to other needs. That's just the basic how to support. The structure that God established and the principle definitely applies. The problem that the um, people in the Messianic community tend to do is they tie it directly to the temple service, to the priest, and they try and make it fit. They kind of try to do the same thing when they they'll say things like, well, how could Yeshua be the lamb because he really wasn't a lamb? They, you know, I mean, they, they take it so sillily, if that's a good word, to try I'm and... I'm uh, going to use that. It's so sillily. You like that? I like that. I like that. <laughs> Just I like making like a it, word. but I'll use it <laughs> yeah. anyway. That right. almost comes out as a bushism. Right. <laughs> right. I tend to do that. You know, I just kind of make words <laughs> up because, you know, 
But just when you don't I, know many words, right. you do have to make them right. up. Right. It is a sign of genius. <laughs> just, <laughs> so, <laughs> I like so, that. But yes, uh, I think it's a principle that should be applied today because basically what Billy said. And you'll find that actually with Pastor Scott and I, this is the the only man on the planet that we have yet to find a disagreement about. Well, I, I take that back. The only thing we disagree about was which one's the better looking. But other than that, theologically. So which one you voted for me? That's all I need to know on that. So, oh. So, yeah, you, you'll find that uh, if, if he says something, I haven't found anything I disagree with the man yet. Now, Billy, on the other hand. Yeah, well, I can't help that you're wrong all the time. Uh, I, I will say this question is one of those, and, and I'm not accusing the, the questioner themselves of this, but this is a, it, it's not an uncommon question. Um, if you've spent more than two minutes in ministry, you've been asked about tithing at some point. Mm-hmm. And I often find that people who are asking about tithing are struggling mm-hmm. with the idea of being faithful in that department. And I will tell you that my wife and I have, um, I mean, we've been faithful tithers. I've been a faithful tither since I was eight or nine years old, probably, probably. And here's what I find about tithing. For me, tithing is an opportunity. It is not something that I have to do. There you go. We, we, um, enjoy our tithing. And part of the reason is that God has always been faithful when it comes to our tithing. We have, even when we've looked around and gone, Hey, look, if we do this, this month, I'm not sure how we're going to make the ends meet because there were time when we were a young married couple and those were concerns. And you know what? God never failed us. Uh, And the the more aggressive we are in our giving and our tithing, the more generous God has been to us. Amen. Amen. You know, I think it should be, I think it's worth pointing out. We just mentioned about, um, this this is what we would call a spiritual law. Like a law of seed time and harvest, give and it shall be given, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, and so forth. And when you look at, uh, there's a book out called, uh, you guys ever heard of this called, it's called The Jewish Phenomenon. Mm, not familiar. It's a really, really good, it's a secular book, but it's very good. And what it does is it, for example, it, it shows like the Forbes, um, you know, Forbes, um, what is it, Forbes 100 or Fortune, the Fortune 500 yeah. and the Fortune 100. So, the basic way it is it takes it takes the, the the percentage of Jewish people in America, which is roughly two percent, but it shows that forty percent of the right. of all the richest people in America are Jewish, Jewish people. Yeah. And you go down the list and you find out that um, of all um, Jewish people that are in the workforce, only one percent works blue collar. And you go down the list, and you're like, how in the world are people? Such a small percentage represented in such large. Now, of course, this leads to all kinds of these. Yep. Because, I'm telling you, it's because yeah. they, they want to control the world. But here you go. If you are, <laughs> if you're giving almost thirty percent of your income, and all of a sudden you find yourself being the most blessed people on the earth. Right. Hello, the Bible is true. That's right. Yeah. Uh, it, it shows that, that giving. You know, God, people say, you know what, God's trying to take something from me. No. God's not trying to get something from you. He's trying to get something to you. Right, right. And, you know, can I borrow your pen for a minute, Dave? If you're watching online, yeah. you know, it's like if, I, if I'm if i holding this pen, say, well, this, this money is actually mine. I worked for it, and I'm going to hold on to it. And you're doing this. You might be holding on to that 10%, but as long as that fist is clenched, not only are you holding on to that little bit you have, you also have closed your hand to the point where you can't get anything in it either. Yeah, right. you can't receive. You can't receive it because you're trying to hold on. If you just open it up and... Let God, you know, do what God wants you to do. Your hand is wide open, and God just uh, just fills it. So um, it was one of the first principles that that God told me yeah. about being uh, sold out. Uh, I don't have time to go into the whole testimony, but um, um, the the short principle is basically: if God's got ten percent, then He's got one hundred percent of you. 
because right. it's difficult for people to let go of that money because of that tight fist, that stingy eye, that stingy heart. That was having some fun with that was the pastor funny. just then. Yes. He took my pen and he gave it back and I uh, used some oh, hand sanitizer. Immediately hand sanitizer. <laughs> yes, well, cooties. <laughs> well, you know, actually, uh, the scripture uh, dealing with the whole giving thing, you know, there's a verse of scripture that says if, you're, if your eye is um, single or if you have a good eye, your whole body's full of light. But if your eye is evil, uh, then your whole body's full of darkness. Uh-huh. And uh, have you heard that, heard that verse before? Yeah. Yeah. And most people look at that and they don't have any idea what he's talking about. But all the verses above it and all the verses after it are talking about money. Yeah. The verses above it are talking about, about loving money and the verses below it. So right in the middle of giving, you got a, uh, you got a, a good eye and an evil eye. And this is a Hebrew idiom. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it basically means if your eye is good in Hebrew, that means that you're generous. If your eye is evil, that means you're stingy. And so if you're good, your whole body's full of light. If you're if you're stingy, your body's full of darkness. I mean, it's, a, it's an incredible contrast between the heart attitude of giving and what that does with uh, how you're blessed in life. So um, I encourage everybody to um, to give and worship God. You give to, to worship the Lord. No, you don't give to get, but you give That's to right. worship God. Yeah, I, I don't know how I did it, but I went through a, a lifetime of having a great grandfather and and uh, then going to seminary and other things and for whatever reason i never read the verse where god said try me mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah mm-hmm. the only place in that's the bible yeah. that he says try me and it has to do with tithing that's right yeah. and and i i took him up on it there yeah. you go there and you go. i've been i've been tithing 10 percent or a little bit more than that <clears throat> since that time and it's just like Billy says, uh, sometimes I've tithed and I went, well, how are we going to pay that? You yeah. know, and and by the way, that's not God's fault. That's my fault. Yep. Yeah. I'm the one that got beyond my means. And uh, you want to have all that data plan on your phone and you want to have all those yeah. Yeah. satellite channels. Yeah, I want to have yeah. direct TV and, yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. And the bottom line came about that I've never been short. Yeah. yeah. Never. Same here. Same here. When we were living on the mission field, and it was it wasn't hand to mouth, but it sometimes it was close. One thing we never stopped doing was tithing, and God always, always, when it seemed like it was impossible, somehow our needs were always. You never super stopped definite. eating. Did yeah, you? I never stopped eating. You know, I had three had children. A roof over your head. Yep, yep. God is good, and yeah. He's faithful. If, yeah. you'll, if you'll just trust him in doing yeah, that. He says, try me. What is it, Micah? It's Malachi. It? Malachi, He yeah. says, test me, actually. Read that. Read yeah. that Malachi, Malachi 3, verse 10. Okay. Yeah. You can, if you can, and you if can you would just read that, just for people who are struggling with this, because yeah. I know it's a struggle it is. because we're all cheapskates. Yeah. I mean, when it comes <laughs> to God, things, we're all cheapskates. I'm be honest you. Know, with we you know, prob- we probably should define what the word tithe means. Maybe somebody doesn't even know what that is, Billy. It's a possibility. Uh, tithe is literally a tenth, um, and, and it is the, as we have just come through um, First Fruits, it is supposed to be our first, our best uh, tenth. It is the the measure that we set aside and say this, um, this is what we are returning to God. I'm mm-hmm. so glad you brought that up. From a pastor's perspective, Let's talk about that for a second, and that is the best. Let me talk about a shift in a stingy eye and an evil eye in church world, and I know it's going to hit a couple of y'all in the eye. <clears throat> As a pastor, I don't know how many times somebody's called me and go, hey, 
I just bought myself a new refrigerator. Can the church use my old one? <laughs> right. Right? You want my leftovers? Yeah, you want yeah. my leftovers. And the principle of God <laughs> is you buy the house of God a new refrigerator right. and you keep the old one or you buy yeah. two. That's yeah. the principle. Instead, we have got this in reverse yeah. and we just flip God a nickel or we give him our old dirty clothes. And that is the opposite of what the Bible says. Hey, listen, I was, I was a missionary for, for 26 years. And you talk about getting the leftovers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, get this. I had friends of mine who received, no joke, used tea bags. <laughs> well, now. From the American Christians. Used Ours was tea bags. Bad, so. Now, you I think about it. Used to well, what, what bags, are, so. you know, we're going to keep the best for ourselves yep. and give God. Uh, you know our leftovers, and, but mm. you know, as, as far you know, the, when God prescribed the offerings, He said, "You bring, yep. you bring the spotless ones, you bring the perfect right, ones." Right, and uh, and that's what He and wants. And it goes right into what Dave said to read. Okay, we want to read Malachi three ten. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to contain it. But verse Get 8 that. sets the That's context. God saying, try yeah. me. Right. Try yeah. me and see if I won't the, do this. Yeah. But what we were alluding to was back in verse 8 where it says, will a man rob God? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So yeah. that, and I agree. A lot of people are robbing I, I God. Under, yeah, a lot of people do rob God. All right, don't forget about uh, the folks over at Applied Research and what's going on at their ARC walking <laughs> clinic. They're now offering COVID-19 rapid testing and treatment. It includes a rapid test and a medical evaluation. Treatment and follow-up visit are included if the test is positive. Call 501-954-7822 to schedule an appointment. Again, that is COVID-19 rapid testing and treatment now available at the ARC Walk-In Clinic over on Rodney Parham next to the uh, uh, was it uh, the, the, the the hamburger joint, the Burger King? Thank you. And uh, right down from uh, party time, and uh, they'll take good care of you there. But you got to make an appointment. Call five zero one nine five four seventy eight twenty two. All right, we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I hope that we anybody had anything else they wanted to add about tithing. I just want to say one more thing, and that is that. Um, in many times when I'm counseling people, if I ask them if they tithe, and that's why I asked Billy um, what tithing was, because some people think that tithing is just whatever they give. Right. And so the tithing becomes synonymous with the word give. So if I say, are you tithing? They'll say, oh, yeah, I, I, I tithe every month. And sometimes they say, well, I, I tithe every week. And then you know, okay, you don't really know what tithing means. Right. And it, sometimes people, people might be, quote, tithing 3% or 5%. And at the end of the day, a tithe is only a tithe if it's 10%, because that's what the word tithe actually means. It's, right. a, it's an old word, but it means 10%. So if you're not giving 10%, then you're not a tither. And if you're not a tither, according to the word that Pastor Steve just read, wrote, read then you're a thief. You're a robber. And that leads you into a place that uh, you may begin to find a lot of uh, a break in your uh, financial flow. Leviticus so. 27 actually says that the tithe is God's. Yeah. So right. whether you choose to give it or not, and I'm not... Sure, you know, I've heard the principle taught that if God has given you the revelation of tithing and you don't, you're going to tithe accidentally or purposefully. Right, right. Right. Meaning if God has shown you that you're supposed to tithe and you choose not, then you will find money just going away from your account. Blithering away. It kind of goes back to God saying, um, I want my land 
to have a Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the children of Israel didn't trust God enough to let the land rest every seventh year. So they kept working it because they kept feeling we need more money or we, we need more uh, produce. They didn't trust God. And eventually, after uh, 70 Sabbath years had gone by and the children of Israel did not give the, give the land its rest, God said, my land will have its rest. And he exiled them to Babylon for 70 years, letting the land lay fallow. So in other words, what Pastor Steve was saying is right. One way or another, God's going to get his um, tithe. One way or another, God's land is going to have its have its rest. At the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, you fight with God, you lose. <laughs> That's right. You know, and, and we, in our, in our home, uh, obviously, tithing cannot be about you trying to force God to bless you in some way. That's right. That is not what that's all about. But for us, um, the way we think about tithing is I never want to put myself in a position where God can't bless me because I've robbed him. Yeah. You know, we, we always want to be in the position. We want to be in a position of humility. We want to be in a position of love. We yep. want to be in a position of charity. We want to be in a position where God can look at our actions in our heart and go, that's an appropriate posture to be in, and now I can bless you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't ever want to put God in a position where he goes, man, I'd really like to bless you, but you chose to, to steal from me last month, so I can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. And you can shift that into, and you were lying to. You yeah. I mean, you, that principle doesn't just apply in the financial realm. Right. If you're, if you're, if you're a liar, not just a thief, but if you're a liar, a fraud, hypocrite, same principle applies. All right. Let's continue on. Uh, here's your next question. It's a double question. I'm wondering if the Bible guys have seen the 200 strong police force that surrounded a church in Canada to stop a service. If not, it's worth watching. Uh, can the Bible guys see this type of thing happening here? It's hard to imagine it could happen, but then again, who would ever have thought Canada would be doing this either? Well, I could see Canada yeah, doing yeah. it because, number one, they don't have a freedom of of speech or freedom of religion in their constitution. I, I watched that. Did you guys watch that video? I haven't seen it. I've read, I've read several articles, but I haven't seen uh, the video yet. Have you seen it, Dave? Yeah. Just unreal yeah unreal happened in canada happened over in britain too yep oh did they, it? they walked in it. on a uh, i think oh, it was a catholic yeah, service so. a good friday mistaken. service yeah yeah uh, and then told them stop and leave yeah, yeah. uh and, and doing that i like where he says i can't believe it would happen here have you been reading about california by yeah. any yeah. chance so yeah. the I supreme her- court ruled that you can meet in your home right and have a religious service yeah. now because Was that the ninth the ninth circuit that said that it, it stopped it but the supreme court said you can right yeah right uh, i once heard that uh if you want to know how the state of uh of the u.s is going look at canada because it is three to five years ahead of what california will be doing which is three to five years ahead of what the rest of the country will be doing mm. and it's and it's always moving towards the direction we don't want it to go yeah so it Canada becomes this big flag for what may or may not be happening for our immediate future. And and we just see that, you know, Canada made XYZ legal and a couple of years later, California follows and then um, look around and how many how many states at this point haven't legalized weed. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's, it's just the way that thing sort of flows. So um, one of our favorite uh, in time scholars has said, well, what do you expect the end times to look like? Right. Yeah, the answer here like is... That. The answer is, yeah, I absolutely expect at some point um, that we will have to 
be doing things in a um, less public sort of and manner. And the, uh, the socialist-minded countries, they can't have the competition because right. they're God, right? They, in their right. mindset, they're the nanny state, and they can't have the people of God, the, the place where you will get revelation and, right. and uh, encouragement and yeah. truth and counseling competing against the government. Yeah. So they're going to try and shut down the church. And the, the next half of that question talked about the mosque. Well, if you want to know whether or not it's going to happen to them, of course not. Look what happened in New York. They were shutting down synagogues and churches, but they left the mosque alone. Why? So you can't honestly answer that question, right? Because if you go, well, they either have, well, I would say from a demonic standpoint, because, you know. I always like to remind you there's ways of saving money uh, that you don't have to, you know, you don't have to spend. And one way of that is to get your health insurance through Pat Davis. Uh, Pat Davis can tell you he can save you 30 to 50% on your health insurance, and it's actual insurance. It's not a share plan. Uh, We're talking about people that are self-employed. Maybe your uh, insurance you get at work is not the best that you think it should be. Well, you can get the kind of insurance you want and save a lot of money while you get it. Uh, You can get a health plan that uh, is good for conservatives, you know, Sometimes you sign up for a health plan, you find out they offer things that you don't believe in, and then you can choose any provider in the nation. And I always like to talk about this because people go, Dave, it can't be that. They always say that. I don't believe that. And they don't believe it, and they never talk to Pat. They never call him up. They never talk to him. Let him make his case. Call Pat Davis, 501 605-6935 and ask him what he can do for you specifically you it's not about your neighbor it's not about your cousin it's about you and he will take you and your family if you have a family into consideration look at all of the things that you got going on and he'll find health insurance that you'll be happy to pay for that's uh, pat davis 501-605-6935. 501-605-6935. Oh, I didn't mention that. Uh, there's times when you go see your doctor or your the urgent care of the hospital, and instead of you having to pay a uh, you know some kind of money up front, you'll get a check from them. That happens a lot with the way Pat Davis gets things done. He's your health plan man at yourhealthplanman.com. Should look into that for the church. Seriously. Hmm. See what they can do for you. Okay. All right. So let's move on and uh, let's uh, talk further. Now, Ramadan is coming up, and the person asked, what about the mosque? And Steve has already answered that question by saying that uh, uh, during the pandemic in New York, uh, de Blasio mm-hmm. went after the uh, uh, the synagogues, and, uh, and in fact, he went after the synagogues of the most conservative mm-hmm. Jews mm-hmm. that were out there, and ones that, by the way, happened to probably vote Republican yep. and kept them closed or threatened to close them down while uh, the mosques weren't bothered at all. Yeah, he targeted both the synagogues and the churches. Yeah, he went yeah. after them. He did. Well, is it, is it next week? I believe so. Ramadan starts yeah. next week. So let's 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 see if we can see a, a video from uh, from Canada for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And with that said, let's remember what the president said just a few days ago when yeah. he was talking about 
uh, gun control. And if it didn't send a chill up your spine, Mm -hmm. you weren't listening. Because he said that the Constitution, basically, I'll just paraphrase, is not absolute. That's right. Right. It's not absolute. Now, when you say, well, it's not absolute, who decides what's absolute and what's not? The people in power Mm -hmm. decide that. And, uh, you know, that's what the president was telling everybody. We, we were saying before uh, during the break, you know, he took a, he took an oath to defend and protect it, not to redefine it and reinterpret it. And, and it doesn't that lie with the uh, the Supreme Court? If you're going to if you're going to do something like that, uh, it lies with the Supreme Court. But to say something like that just sets it up for uh, the attack for on the um, religious freedom. Sure, how much has changed in the last 50 years, 20 years even? I mean, that, in my opinion, is an impeachable offense. This is a man who is supposed to be the the pinnacle, the person that is supposed to protect and defend the rights of the Constitution. But because he is a leftist, he has decided that we don't – because it's a hindrance. It's in, it's in the way because they need the nanny state. They need the God state to come in and take over, and uh, and they need to shut down the people on the right. So I – you know, I get so frustrated, you know, when I see all of the foolishness that's going on in this world that we're, we're having outrage about stupid things, but we're not outraged, but we've got a country that's saying little boys can be little girls and all of this foolishness that's going on. And we're not, I have to calm back and calm down a little bit because it does make me angry because sometimes I walk into a room and like, am I, am I the only guy with half a brain around here? <laughs> the only right? sane one. And yeah. you just kind of, you just see all of this and go, you know what? It's, it is what it is. And it's the, America's on its way out. You just need to be ready for it. And did you see the, um, that there is a case now in New York where um, a man is suing so he can marry his daughter. Yeah, I got so, yep. you. There, pull, there it is right out. there. I, we talked about mm-hmm. this in the last I hour. Seen that. Yeah. And yes. the guy was, we brought it up last week, the guy that was arrested in Canada <clears throat> because uh, his, uh, I think his daughter wants to be a boy and because he refuses to refer to his daughter as a boy and use those pronouns, he was arrested. They put him in jail. Yep. Just because of his speech, because yes. he refused to identify his daughter as a boy. Well, how in the world did not use the proper pronoun? Well, how yeah. in the world does, it, does a state find out that you're not talking to your kid right in your own home? It's, someone yeah. had to report it. The man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. why you just. I'm just gonna go sit over here in the corner. When this thing catches on fire, you can come talk to me. It's <laughs> mad. The only yes. question will be whether or not Steve's got a bucket of water or a bucket of gasoline. <laughs> yeah. And I give that about fifty fifty. I so. think. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm I'm from that old school kind of mentality where you know when Dad's like, "Well, I told you not to touch the oven. That's what you get for being burnt." <laughs> right. right. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's where. That's right. how I was taught. Right. Yeah. When you get you get, told, did you get burned? Right. You did. Learned your well, lesson, didn't you? And they right. come over and they put their arm around you mm-hmm. and you get you calmed down and said, now that wouldn't have happened if you'd listened mm-hmm. to what I told you. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's an object lesson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly that's, what that and, is. And in a sad way, <clears throat> that's what's happening in this nation. And then the, talking about the little boy and girl thing, the statistics are something like 90-something percent of those who reach to the age of puberty no longer want to become what they said they decided as a four-year-old, right? right. And they right. regret, and it is child abuse that what is happening in this, and people are smart people, Our governor doesn't people. think that. Right. Oh. Yeah. It's... Well, we won't we won't get into that's yeah. a whole nother topic. So I'm sorry. Yeah. If you don't think we're blind. In the same vein, there are millions and millions and millions of astronauts, right? Because every kid wanted to be an astronaut at some point and we all grew up to be astronauts, right? No. How many of them no. are when there? When we are when we are children, <laughs> we have radically different 
concepts about what reality is, and you cannot be allowing children to make life altering permanent decisions about their gender. Yeah. Don't do it. Tell them, say, hey, let that four-year-old decide whether or not they want to marry that 40-year-old man. Watch him come unglued, right? Well, it depends on where in the country you yeah, are. That's true. And then how many 25-year-old women will marry a 75-year-old man because he's got the ultimate aphrodisiac of his unlimited money, bank money, account. Money, money, uh, money. Yeah, that's... Talk. Goes along anyway. with it. <clears throat> got to get a break. Then we come back. And we're going to talk about, do we need the police or don't we? I know that doesn't sound like a spiritual thing to talk about, but what it is, is a question of secularism taking over. What there is. I mean, I think the Bible's very clear that we're supposed to have somebody that's in charge. I mean, Paul said, you know, you fear the government because they, they wield the sword. Yeah. So let's talk about that in just a moment but right now dustin turner wants you to know uh inventory is low out there about houses you're looking to sell your house the time is now the market is red hot for those people who are selling not typically for those who are buying right now because there's not that many houses out there so you get into bidding wars if you want to move into a house that you really like and there's like three or four other couples that really like it too then it can end up costing you a whole lot of money. Interest rates are at an all-time low, so that means that it's an excellent time to sell as well. I'll let you military guys know, and Dustin would uh, join right behind me on this. If you're a military guy, you got a VA loan, uh, and uh, you're looking to sell, well, a a fellow military person can take over your loan. you got a low interest rate, makes you really really pretty to that person's trying to buy your house that is also uh va eligible but dustin wants you to know that you know he'll make it easy to get people into your dream home and sell your current home without the stress right now in the present market you know darren wanted to get the most money for his home he had heard on the radio about dustin's various marketing plans probably heard from me and gave him a call and uh, Justin's team went to work for him. And after listening to Darren's home, a bidding war began. I just talked about that. And uh, Dustin helped him navigate through the offers and get top dollar for his house. So you call the agent I would call right now if I need to sell my home. And that is Dustin Turner at 501-952-2969. 501-952-2969. Or do it online hometeamsoldit.com again hometeamsoldit.com then get your boxes and start packing all right so let's talk about what uh what's her name uh, uh yeah had to say rashida Talib. she is a democrat okay. congressional person she's a congresswoman from michigan she alleged in a Twitter post last night that the death of Dewan Wright, quote, wasn't an accident. All you got to do is watch the video and you can see that it was an accident. She went on to say uh, that the police system should be ended because it could not be reformed as it is, quote, inherently and intentionally uh, racist. And she went on to 
uh, equate policing with government-funded murder. Yeah. Like the abortion industry. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's when, what she did. When a wolf manages to get a sheep, the thing we should do is get rid of the sheepdogs. Right. Because that makes as much sense as what she's just said. And saying. every single incident of some sort of police shooting is because whether it's white or black, whether a white man shot or a black man shot, every single one of those guys were on their way to a prayer meeting yeah. or to feed the poor. Mm-hmm. And not one of them resisted arrest. Not one of them. This guy did. Yeah, it's it very obvious that yeah. he resisted arrest. Sarcasm. He was, when he, he was, was told he was that he language. was being arrested because he had an outstanding warrant, that he had a car uh, that was uh, the, the license plates had been expired, not what he told his mom. He was stopped because he had some kind of uh, fragrance thing hanging from his his uh, mirror, which is illegal, by the way, in Minnesota. Uh, when they were handcuffing him, you can see him yank his arm away mm-hmm. and get in the car, and he's going to drive away. The lady uh, thought she had pulled her taser, says, tase, tase, tase. That's what you do when you're in that situation. You let, that way your fellow officers don't have their hands mm-hmm. on the person who gets tased because you'll get it as yeah. well as they will if you get your hands on them. And she pulled the trigger, and she said, expletive, I shot him, you know. And then he took off in his car and crashed into another car and died. Yeah. That's uh, it's probably a rookie officer or one who has not spent a lot of time in situations like that. It was a small town, was it not? Where, where did that Yeah, happen? Brooklyn, Minnesota. Yeah, I don't know so where Brooklyn this is. is probably the first time she's ever pulled her weapon in the line of duty um that sort of thing can happen i mean and when you got all that adrenaline going people say well if you hold a gun and you hold a taser the difference is in weight you don't even notice that when your adrenaline is at an all-time high basically I i spent most of a decade as an mma fighter and i did not spend the vast majority of my I did time not. did you guys know I that i didn't know, I didn't that. know that no yeah that's why i keep him around that lot, <laughs> lots of years ago but yes i spent most of a decade as an mma fighter and cool. uh, i spent most of my time not trying to make my hands faster or my feet faster but learning how to control adrenaline that is the one thing you have to do because if you walk into the ring and you let the adrenaline hit you in the first round, you're done after the first round. And the a, a rookie cop, I also spent a lot of time training with uh, Pulaski County Sheriff's Office. My my instructor was a volunteer sheriff, and we did their um, hand-to-hand combat training with them. So uh, I've, I've spent a lot of time with officers. When Doc, when Doc with Holliday the was there, huh? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, Doc. He's a good guy. Doc, Doc and I, Doc knocked me unconscious on several occasions. <laughs> we won't talk about that. So, uh, But... Doc was, a, Doc was a great guy, but uh, back when I was young and dumb, I didn't know how to control power quite as well as I should, and he was the one to instruct me in the proper uses of how hard you should hit someone in the face. Practically so, instructed. Right, right. So, But the, the point there is um, it, it takes decades and decades, years and years and years of training specifically to control adrenaline to be able to do that. And if you're in a, you're a small town cop, you're not getting that sort of training. You reach and pull the, the weapon that's on your hip, and you haven't thought about what that is. It's it's all muscle memory and reflex. And she simply reached for the wrong weapon. Um, I, I, there's no court in the world that should find her guilty the, of anything. And she probably should have to go back for more training. And she's and it might cost off, her her job. Her, yeah, right. But uh, but the, the fact that it was an accident yeah. needs to be brought into the, 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 the comment uh, though from the, the congresswoman. Yeah. Is, Talib. 
this comes this a lot of this comes you can point back to some of the ministers and we talk about this quite a lot quite a bit here <clears throat> and that is the lawlessness the church teaches lawlessness right. today mm-hmm. right uh, and outside the um uh, the school of law of harvard it says that the that the law are the wise restraints that keep men free that's what the bible is right so god gave us these rules to keep us not in bondage but to give us freedom and when you begin to remove the rule of law, then you have what's happening in this nation. Right. And then, then all of these people, that these these cities that thought it was brilliant last summer to defund the police have had an, an astronomical rise yeah. in crime. Over yeah. 30%. And they're not even talking about that. And and once people have no restraint, and if, you, if this ever happens to the gun control, and if they ever take law-abiding citizens' weapons away, you will see a death rate that it would just be— Won't happen. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I really actually fear because I, I fear for what's happening to this nation because just as the Japanese were surprised when they woke the general giant, there's a lot of people in this nation are going to be shocked when they push the people on the right too far. That's what I'm really concerned about Yeah, is because, yeah. you know, I fear God. And it's the only reason I haven't flipped out yet because I am getting tired of all of this foolishness yeah. that has happened in this nation and being blamed for things that we didn't do. Right. And just watching all this stuff happen. It, and there's a lot of people that don't have that same restraint that they're 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 going to get pushed too far. Yeah, and I, and I fear for that. Can we look at Scripture and see that God, inher- not inherently, but that God issued that people should be in positions to make sure that people don't run wild. Well, yeah, there were there were always judges, law enforcement, so to speak. Right. There, there were Romans always judges. 13. There were always those who um, who were who were there to enforce um, it, the the laws as they existed. Um, and if and, and if, God is a God of order, God is a is a God of righteousness. Uh, he is not a God of chaos. He is not a God of of corruption. Um, so these things are. I mean, there is an ultimate judge coming you, for all. Those are you things. looking for scriptures that talk about like policemen or that kind of thing? Well, because it was actually communal. It was actually the opposite. Right. Because if if a person killed somebody and this is this was actually the act of mercy. Right. When you had to have two witnesses, mm-hmm. the two witnesses actually had to perform the execution right. because it did two things. It one, it made sure an innocent man wasn't killed uh, and it made sure that those who actually threw the first stone or pulled the rope, dropped the rock, whatever the particular uh, punishment was, that they were absolute in what they saw. And that means they had a a. Um, a commitment to the community to say we are not going to allow this evil. So I don't I don't know that there's references to biblical police officers, but it was the community's job to make okay. sure that law and but order was kept. In. There, there's supposed to be somebody who keeps everybody in line. Well, that would have been in biblical times. That would have been the priest, the Levites, the Sanhedrin. That was the ruling. Yeah. And those were the people that that. Uh, administered the the uh, rulings and, and the they judges. Went, they went out and got people correct yeah, yeah there were yeah. I mean, when jesus yes. was jesus was taken before pilate yeah they came out and got him yeah those were the romans but yes but yeah. biblically speaking that they you had judges in cities and then you had and then of course not all the priests were at the temple at the same time they had rotation so they were in they were living in different parts and so they served as you know they would administrate the you know, phrase uh when brought before the brought to the gate yeah is what that the gate referring to city. because yeah. then there would be that's where that priest or levite or that judge would be and that's where those people who were out of law out of order would be taken well if they if they're going to go this way and they want to get rid of the police then here's what i think needs to happen 
every one of those who are going to vote to do that need to give up their private people that are there to protect them. Sure. Right. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. All right. Everybody got to be on their own. Yeah. So what's those, what's those movies that have been out over the last few years that, you know, the government said for one night a, a year, you oh. get to go out and kill the purge. purge. The purge. Yeah, the, the purge. purge. Yeah. The purge. You know, it's, uh, people watch that stuff and they never. Yeah, it's great. Isn't it funny? Don't think that it couldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't yeah. think that it could it could happen. Steve was Steve was a moment ago talking about pushing the right too far. There was a there was a statement that has become cliche, and I don't think people understand that that is still a statement. And that is, they will take my guns from my cold dead hands. Mm-hmm. And the the that has become so Charlton cliche. Heston, and he was Moses. That's that what is, he said. Well, that has become so cliche that I don't think the left actually believes that right. the right feels that way anymore. And the most dangerous moment in America's immediate future is when the left tries to find out whether or not that's true. I'm, that's just the that's way I feel the, about that's it. That's the part I'm, actually, I'm, I'm very concerned about because there, there's a whole lot of people that have been undercurrent and they're tired of being pushed. Yep. And they're tired of being blamed for stuff they didn't do. Well, you're white. You're to be blamed for everything. And that's what I was referring to. All right. Pray for righteousness to prevail. Yep. All right. Don't forget church over at Agape. They have a Saturday service yes, if you'd do. like to try it. Uh, you know, a, a service... Uh, to a Jewish viewpoint. That is at 1 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Okay. How many people have been attending? Uh, anywhere from about 30 to 40, I guess, 30, 35. That's a lot like more that. than a lot of people would think would go to that. That's right. Yeah. I, I, I highly recommend that everybody should go to it. And what time Sunday? At 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, 701 Napa Valley Drive. Mask or unmask? We have both. All right. Keep that in mind. All right. We're out of time. Guys, thanks so much. We'll get back together next Tuesday. If you have a question, it's BibleGuys at SalemLR.com. I'm Dave Ellswick. See you tomorrow at 6 a.m. Same time, same bat channel. Later.